Hello, this is Jason, your Audible Autism Sound Editor. This is just a note to say that the episode you're about to listen to was recorded live at the launch event. This event took place in a village hall, and unfortunately, because of this, there may be a low or high-pitched hiss across this recording. During the editing process, I have reduced this as much as possible. However, it was impossible to remove. So if you have a sensitivity issue with low or high-pitched noises, it is recommended that you take any precautions necessary. Thank you, and enjoy the episode. This is Audible Autism. Such as um, Libby, who 
we recorded is doing a talk about her personal journey after being diagnosed at age four and living part of her life as a selective mute and eventually becoming an animal behavioral technician. Um, ben Rogan, whose diagnosis was done by Professor Tony Atwood and discussed his frustrations with stereotyping autistic people and how he, became, how he came to become a respected member of the UK fighting game community later on. And then there's the sensory episodes, which have been a, like, a group effort on our part, which are, everybody can listen to them, but they're made in mind for people who are very sensitive to loud noises, loud noises or sudden sounds who want to just have a soothing ambient experience or something akin to ASMR, if you're familiar with those on YouTube. Now, as the person who edited those first couple of episodes, I'll admit the audio was a bit rough in places and editing was choppy, but I, I was learning as I went along. And to be honest, there's the story regarding the work episode about how much that took to get done, but that's for a whole nother time. But as we went along the vision for what we wanted to do and where we wanted to go got greater than just the podcast in itself. And Sarah came up with the empire being the visionary that she is. And in effort, the way in which we sought to pitch the podcast is the same way we want to plan how to stay the empire, which is we don't see autism as a problem or anything that needs to be fixed, if you see what I mean, or that there's anything wrong with being on the spectrum. We're perfectly comfortable and happy the way we are. And we believe that such differences, if anything, rather than being seen as a hindrance or a problem should really be celebrated more than anything. I mean, some of us here are already familiar with the anxiety that comes with being isolated and autistic. And for many, it can be a lonely experience. It can, excuse me, also be suffocating, especially if all your knowledge just comes from medical professionals or maybe what you get from TV and the internet and just the perception that you're an outcast, really, and the only one who can understand and deal with it. And I'm here, and Sarah and everybody who's been involved for like the year and building up with this are here to say that um, you're not alone with it, and your differences should be celebrated for what they are, and you should be praised for it. And to be able to stand on your own as a person rather than be part of a group is you know, that requires a lot of strength and should be celebrated rather than just seen as like a hindrance more than anything. So, there'll be two presentations being made this evening, as Sarah mentioned before. You'll have Alex, who will be talking about our grand sensory survey, where we'll be getting data of the sensory differences between people. So, it's not just us, but also be some of you who may just be recognised as neurotypical. And then the second will be done by Sarah laying out the vision of the Autistic Empire and how she came up with the idea for it and how to benefit those in need. Also, as this is our launch day, it will be in about one hour we will start the enrollment process for those who wish to join. So please stick around for a bit after everything is all said and done if you wish to become a citizen. Um, once again, I would like to say thank you to everybody who came down today and for being here for what is a quite exciting new beginning for those of us involved so far. But 
more importantly, the birth of something that will hopefully bring Aspies together. And hope you enjoy the rest of the evening.
So the entire scientific and medical community literally forgot about this for well over 100 years. Which is a bizarre when you consider how big that difference is, right? You'd think it would be obvious as far, and yet clearly not. Even I have no idea. Like every time a teacher at school would say, you know, picture this thing, I always assumed they were just speaking metaphorically. Like, it was, it was a shock to me that not only the, the people could see images in their actual minds, like magicians, like at no point did I think that would be the case. Like at many points in my life, I've been accused of lacking imagination, but I had no idea that would later prove to be a medical fact. <laughs> the point here is, the way each of us perceives the world is actually unique. The number of sen uh, senses and level of the processing have all operate on various spectrums. In many ways, it's quite surprising just the extent that we do agree on things, given how different everything is under the hood for each one of us. And we're only just starting to explore kind of what this all actually means, like kind of what the, what the tolerances for the, these differences are. One of the reasons why is uh, humans understand the world by categorizing things putting things into buckets. But if you spend too long staring into buckets, you're probably gonna end up with tunnel vision, right? Like categorization is useful, but it can mask the differences between us. It can fool us into thinking these categories are more than just convenient simplifications like useful lies. We know gender is a spectrum, we know uh, sexuality is a spectrum, we know autism is a spectrum. And yet categories are so ingrained into us, if you're not vigilant, you can quickly fall back into assuming everything and everyone fits into these small numbers of buckets. Like the whole of human experience and the very way we perceive reality is actually a dazzling number of divergent spectrums. And so what the Grand Sensory Survey is trying to do in many ways is kind of get the lay of the land. I got this, there's lots of sensory differences and conditions that science has only just started looking into, but almost certainly have a large impact on the way people live their lives. And we just don't know very much about how many people have these differences, the types of differences that they have, what the links are between the differences, because no one's really asked. And so that's what we're doing. We're asking. We're hoping to get as many people as possible to take this survey as sort of a first step in finding out how spread, how widespread a lot of these things are, if there's any hitherto unknown links that could lead to further research, and like what direction to focus additional efforts on. We currently know so little, it's hard to even tell what we should be focusing on. And hopefully the survey will shine a light on that. There's also a chance for people to be able to tell us about their own specific sensory differences. Because there's definitely more out there that we still don't know about, uh, that we still haven't even named or even begun to research. And some of them are probably quite common. So this is a beginning. The results for this will help inform us and lead us to new research directions and you can all be a part of helping to determine what directions uh, that will be. Like, uh, it took 125 years for us to look into our fantasia. I literally can't imagine what else we're missing out on. Uh, thanks. <laughs> Um, 
I did realise until I sat down to uh, write this presentation, actually uh, ten years, nearly ten years to the day, um, that I was living in student hall in, at the University of Bradford, um, volunteering disability support work, and my flatmate came home drunk at 2am, um, and thus had the patience to sit down and spend 90 minutes explaining to me why it was not okay that I told him he was bad at tennis. Um, and realised in that moment what it meant to be autistic. Um, and uh, I'm me, so uh, I was on the University of Bradford campus, um, so I went into their health and social care that I was supposed to 24 hours, spent the entire night reading about autism, um, and then came back uh, and went to my manager and said, yeah, okay, so I'm autistic, um, I'm going to have to do things differently now. And she was like, so glad you realised. Um, and, but it took another four years um, of uh, being shuffled from doctor to doctor on the NHS uh, before my mother finally uh, gave a nice man £600 uh, to write down on a couple of pieces of paper what we all knew to be the case. Um, and it was an awful experience um, and afterwards I decided that I wanted to uh, change it um, and make things uh, much better uh, for people like me uh, when the opportunity arose. Um, a lot of things have changed in the last 10 years. Um, the Autism Act 2010 has prompted a lot of uh, healthcare trusts to set up specialist services for adults um, so that GPs don't have to apply for special funding to send people to diagnostic services. I think my application is still pending six years later. Um, Autism has hit popular culture, um, and calling someone autistic is now a derogatory term because people know what it means. Um, it's become much more common for people to tell me that I don't seem autistic um, because I'm capable of having a conversation without having a meltdown or tapping myself. Um, they used to just stare at me non-comprehendingly, I can't decide which I prefer. Um, I had been planning on becoming a digital marketing specialist after graduation, um, but uh, my experience with this diagnostic pathway and actually only managing to get diagnosed halfway through my third year um, annoyed me so much that I decided that I wanted to do something about it and um, ended up uh, discovering occupational therapy. Um, so I went and took a postgrad degree in a vocational health and social career field I'd never heard of when I was at school. Um, so things have definitely changed. What hasn't changed, however, um, is the fact that autistic people are still being marginalised for our neurology in wider society, and ultimately there is just an actual limit to how inclusive a society can be when all of its behavioural norms are set to those of someone of a different uh, neurotypical majority. Um, as someone who is LGBT um, and left home, joined the LGBT community and has never seen again elsewhere, um, and as a practising Jew, I believe that it is fundamentally uh, necessary um, for minorities to have spaces where you are the majority, where you are not alone, um, and where the commonalities and shared lived experiences um, do not have to be explained because everyone gets it and you're free to talk about the things that really matter. Things like the way that you're treated, things like culturally relevant conversations about your interests, um, minority specific problems, and most importantly for me, um, solutions derived from the inside knowledge of what it means and what it feels like to be that minority. I've spent much of the last 10 years uh, collecting autistic people wherever I go. Um, I've now got quite a broad social network, many of them are here. Um, and uh, I would like us all to be able to share what we've learned from each other um, for the benefit of everyone else in a way that is uh, autistic and 
model of being efficient, effective, and swift. Um, this is our lives, and we don't have time in the neurotypical world to figure it out and catch it up. Um, so, I would like to pretend that the autistic empire as a name was carefully constructed and market tested, but the reality is one day I was procrastinating over an essay and just printed that out and put that on the wall. Afterwards, I was like, so what does that actually mean? Like, what does it mean to, for this to be our world? Um, there are currently uh, many um, autistic-led uh, organisations that act as liaisons between the autistic community and the neurotypical world, for everyone who's here today, I'm very grateful you came, um, seeking to change public policy making in our favour. Um, there are also many medical, social and campaigning organisations that run by neurotypical people that may or may not consult with autistic people to determine who they are and what we should want, and allocate resources and strategic priorities accordingly. Both of these strategies assume a power hierarchy with neurotypical people at the top and ourselves either asking to be let in or negotiating the terms in which we are accepted, all of which is necessary for us to exist, but it's also extremely stressful. Um, I believe that we are to a certain extent lacking in a space uh, where much of that stress and feelings of marginalisation can be alleviated and our people can focus on self-development and fulfilment and mutual support networks that are meaningful and conceptually based on the way that we think and interact with the world. We have message boards, memes, podcasts, um, and individuals who run consultancies, um, which are very good, um, but they uh, often prompt discussions and signpost to other patchy service provision rather than doing it for ourselves. Um, and I think that we can do it for ourselves. The uh, autism epidemic has, as we all know, um, increased the assumed prevalence rates of autism from 1 in 200 to 1 in 50 within the last 20 years. Um, we're recognising that being autistic is much bigger than those of us who have learning disabilities or our children. Um, but based on my own personal experiences and experiences as a mental health professional, um, it seems to me that there's also a much larger unknown number of autistic people who are currently living without diagnosis or knowledge of who they are um, but because they may be employed in relationships or otherwise move into neurotypical society without the impairment necessary to be drawn to the attention um, of social or psychiatric services, um, they have no autistic identity or contact with other autistic people. Um, sure meet me. um, there are even more people um, who have been knocked out of the workforce because they are struggling with issues that are not understood properly. Um, and if they are able to access uh, services at all, the resources that they are given are not tailored or extremely expensive or just inappropriate for a healthcare system to provide. Um, it is my experience that there are um, significant numbers of autistic people that I have found who are integrated into neurotypical society who, who don't consider themselves disabled, but who nonetheless have a feeling that there is something different about them. Um, and that they have developed various coping strategies uh, of their own back to get by with varying levels of stress. Um, I remember uh, meeting one guy um, who had been told uh, on a really hot country to always carry a water bottle with him, and he had done for the rest of his life. He's <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, never got over it. Um, um, the ways in which we identify these people um, are currently very limited, but necessary, um, because um, a lot of these people are people who have the financial power to allow to help up other autistic people who have not managed to make it on their own. Um, we want to use the autistic empire to identify 
reach out to welcome and integrate these people into our tribe and to create artistic majority spaces into which they feel like they can belong and from which they can derive benefit. Policy making for our community and its financial sustenance will be impossible for as long as a significant segment of our people are unknown to us. Um, on that basis, we've set up the Autistic Empire as a limited company to be supported financially by the autistic people who make use of us. Um, the goal is that we don't answer to, uh, to donors or to funding bodies who have their own ideas of what autism is and what we should be doing, um, but to provide a platform for people who will find what we have to offer to be useful and worth paying for or worth getting funding for um, in return for the benefits that it brings them. We've removed references to autism as a disability and are placing emphasis on the idea of being autistic as an identity be embraced so that we can draw in people who do not feel that the conversations um, that exist at the moment around disorders, treatment, or the um, critical disability studies movement applies to them. We want all autistic people at all ages of cognition, capacity, and skill to see themselves as one people, um, from people who are non-verbal, people who are asexual, to the people who built Facebook, to the people who require 24 seven care, we have a shared state of mind um, and we have to take care of each other. This obviously means right now that we've raised money. Um, and I am pathetically grateful uh, to the team that have helped us to build what we have, most of whom are unpaid um, and have signed up to deliver this project because they believe um, Bucks of You Guide, the people who, who, who help make it happen. Um, have um, signed up to believe in our vision of a community that is self-sustaining and focused on supporting autistic needs as determined by autistic people themselves. There is a thing that autistic people um, They've done an amazing job because today I am able to show you what we have so far. This is our cool new logo. Um, I wanted to show you that. Um, so, um, at the heart of the Autistic Empire is being able to enrol as a citizen. We are a uh, mass membership organisation. Um, you fill out an enrolment form, you pay the £9 annual fee, and in return we validate you um, as an autistic person who has somewhere you belong, um, as a member of a community for people like you. Each citizen is issued with a uh, certificate of citizenship that we have longer term plans to present people with at citizenship ceremonies, but for now it's not notable. Um, the number one problem that we've found across the uh, spectrum, please forgive the pun, um, is that um, people have uh, quite low self-esteem and feel bad about being autistic. And so one of the things that we very much want to do with the Empire is to say, no, you, you are autistic, um, you are fantastic. Our ability as a community to do things such as focus on things that are important to us, to spot inconsistencies in systems, um, and to research better ways of doing things um, is something that is a gift to the world um, and should be seen as a positive thing um, instead of being pathologised as being obsessive, uh, etc. Um, having a, citizen, a, a certificate of citizenship is something that we aim to be affirmational. You are not different, uh, you are a whole person and there are a whole load of other people who are just like you. Just want to briefly say to the women's office once that uh, you only get your personal order if you personally know me, everyone else is going to get gold. Um, <laughs> and only the first hundred people to sign up as well, so uh, just, just to let you know. Um, 
Empire. Um, we've developed so far uh, a range of tools that already exist, um, such as certificates, such as the survey that Alex was talking about earlier, although the survey is going to be publicly available because we need a bunch of neurotypical people to fill it out as well. Um, there's also a message board. Um, um, there's also a message board which uh, utilises Discourse, which is uh, the next generation message board software designed to promote meaningful interaction and actively build a sense of community. Um, we're building this up um, as a shared resource, um, as a way for people to share things that they enjoy and things that they've learned to use as coping strategies. Uh, where we plan to have useful discussions about other quick, easy tools that we can put together and use all of the benefit from. There are loads of autistic message boards. So what we're really aiming to do here is be more practical um, and drive conversation in a particular direction because, you know, um, we do not need to redo wrong planet. They do a perfectly good job as, as they are. Um, but there are things that are getting lost. So, for example, despite the fact that uh, seemingly every autistic person I've ever met has some kind of problem with travelling, um, whether it's for sensory reasons or because they keep getting lost, um, we haven't really been able to find a comprehensive resource for how people actually manage this. Um, so we're going to make one. Um, and that will be happening when I get some more sleep. Um, this course also has a function and allows you to um, designate different users by groups, which means that we also have the capacity to host other groups, which is something that I was hoping to be able to do so that people will be able to interact with each other without having to go to the grief of setting up their own systems. Um, and we will be able to, uh, once it grows a bit more, to facilitate special interest groups so people will be able to have sort of uh, proper organisations around things that they're interested in, like animals, Doctor Who, music, whatever. Um, Hopefully this will be slightly better reviewed. Uh, build a store. Um, 
related merchandise and available to purchase across the internet is absolutely dominated by negative perceptions of autism, um, often produced um, by or for parents who perceive their autistic children as battles to be fought, um, which uh, I don't know how you feel about it, it annoys me no end. Um, militaristic imagery and apologetic t-shirts abound.
subject of the two-year pilot research project interviews and mentoring teams, four autistic people, um, and found that it had a really positive effect. Participants reported feeling more confident, happier, and much less stressed. Um, I took part in that scheme um, as a mentor, um, and I also worked for AS Mentoring, which some of you might know was spun off from the National Autistic Society when their um, employment service was shut down. Um, and I very much saw the positive effects that that had on the people that I mentored, um, including Odai, who gave you a speech earlier. Um, mentoring works um, as an intervention, um, but the schemes themselves are not particularly available. Uh, they seem to cost quite a lot of money to set up, um, and it's very geographically limited. So, we are planning to... I don't have a picture for this, I'm afraid I haven't built it, but... Um, we are planning on developing a peer mentoring platform that is delivered entirely online, so you'll be able to access it uh, wherever you are in the country. Um, you'll be able to sign up for a monthly fee, and initially we'll pay you with another citizen with resources to stimulate goal setting, accountability, and discussion. Um, and eventually, uh, when we uh, reach that point, we're hoping to be able to build the infrastructure to like actually get mentors in and train them. Um, you know, from uh, the citizen community, from people who are older and more experienced, to be able to mentor people who are younger and less experienced. Well, actually, I, I mentioned the age here, but it's not really important. I'm talking about things that people want to achieve. Um, I have been in touch with LSU, and they are interested in talking to me about that. Uh, Nikki's been uh, emailing me, I have a meeting with her. Um, so, hopefully, we are going to um, be able to utilise what they've done already really going to take a lot of effort, um, but I'm hoping that we're going to be able to deliver that in the next academic year. I was a bit taken aback when I wrote this speech about how much stuff we've got done in the last year. Um, that's quite a lot of things uh, that I just belted through. Um, I didn't realise. Um, I, I, just, I just did it. Um, and so um, I don't want to bore you with uh, all of the other um, stuff we've had thinking about doing is just all up on the website if you want to go and look at it, particularly our plan to go offline. Um, I am aware that there's a lot of existing organisations out here that I'm really hoping that we're going to be able to work with so that um, the stuff that we're doing complements rather than clashes with the stuff that you're doing. Um, and if you want to come and have a chat with me, I'll talk about how we can do that. Um, I'd really like us to set up like a national calendar. Yeah, I know. Um, you're, you're, you're running it. Yeah, 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 I know you're running it, but like, I, I want to talk to you about an idea that I have for that. Um, and, um, excellent, that was the end of that paragraph. Now, the site actually went live in the process of me giving you uh, this presentation. Um, so, uh, penultimately, I would like to uh, invite those of you who are eligible to sign up. Um, we've got uh, a lot of work to do. Um, and we have an absolutely fantastic team, but we can't make this happen without more people um, joining us in this vision of a world that belongs to us and focuses on our lived experience. So I will uh, thank the team uh, who's worked so hard on it so far, um, and then you can ask me all the questions as well. Um, thank you very much, first of all, to Rob, our web developer, um, who can't be here because he lives in America. Um, he spent the last month handling huge lists of tasks of inquiring at him, and none of us would be possible without him. Um, thank you to C, our highly efficient uh, secretary who's run a uh, ruthlessly efficient administration of council meetings, agendas, and action points to make sure that we all stayed on track. 
we definitely cannot afford to do that, Ian. Um, thank you to Odai, um, who is the co-host of our podcast, who's been involved since the very beginning. Um, thank you to Alex, uh, who in addition to running our Grand Sensory Survey is also my best friend and has had to listen to me complain every single day for months um, about everything that's going wrong. Um, thank you to Nikki, um, our communications manager, who picked up a social media account in June and has done a really great job um, of uh, keeping things going. Um, I love the graphics, I hope you do too. Um, thank you to Sarah Jane, um, our shop manager who came on board a couple of weeks ago and has completely redone our store. Um, and we're here, thank you to Sava, uh, who built the original store um, and did a good job at it. Um, and thank you to Jason, um, who I hope is listening, um, who answered the call on our Twitter last month uh, for some sound editing help and swept in and just completely redoing the entire thing for us. So I'm very grateful for him. Um, thank you to Ruben, uh, my flatmate, who organised this event whilst working ridiculous hours as a training accountant. Um, thank you to Ellie, my friend and former events officer for the National Autistic Society, who has been relentlessly supportive, um, but uh, her partner decided inconveniently to go to hospital, so he couldn't come to today. Um, and thank you to everyone who has encouraged us, uh, validated us, told us that what we're doing sounds awesome, um, and supplied us with contact, suggestions, feedbacks, and ideas for what we're going to do next. This is our world, and we are coming. Um, so thank you very much for coming and listening today, um, and thank you for watching on the live stream. This has been one of the most stressful weeks of my life. Um, I don't know if you've ever tried to build three interlocking websites with a live launch event while managing a team of seven, and working in acute mental health services, but it's a really dumb idea. Um, <laughs> and uh, so thank you for coming uh, and taking the time to, to check out what we're doing, and I hope that you'll uh, come with us on this journey. Uh, we've set some really crazy ambitious goals and so I hope